Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, it's been another sun-baked weekend and by all accounts this is going to continue. So that means we've got plenty of league cricket to talk about. Um, as ever, I'm here with my um, comrade-in-arms Salman Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm well done. I'm a bit tired of it, a bit busy weekend, but I'm happy. Um, the weather's been so good. I've now got my feet up, ready for another podcast. So yeah, we're good to go. Um, yeah, looking forward to um, talking about weekend events. And you, you must be in a process of rehydrating, right? Am I right in saying getting on for 200 overs out there in the beating sun? About 150, 150, 160. Yeah, I had two games over uh, the weekend, both standing on my own, which is a bit of a challenge. But <laughs> that yeah, is hard work. Fair play to you. It is hard work, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. That's the reason I'm doing it. Um, and I like a challenge. So both games went well. So two good days of cricket. Good man. Good man. Um, we'll get on to the game that you umpired a bit later, Sal. Um, but in the top flight, well, more twists, more turns, more entertainment. What do you make of what we've well, seen over the last um, 24 hours? Well, the flip-flop leading continues, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's like um, one minute North Middlesex, one minute 10 and 10. It's now 10 and 10 who now are the leaders. Um they had a very good win yesterday against Shepherds Bush, who were sort of in the hunt potentially for for the title. But this win or this defeat may have sort of derailed that challenge they was hoping to put on. Um, Tennington actually having like what they call like the summer social yesterday. So I imagine it's some kind of big event where there's lots of uh, entertainment taking place in the yeah, evening. So, it's a big do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a bit of a crowd there towards the end of the day, and the crowd would have gone home happy, as they say. Um, they just couldn't, Bush couldn't get away. Bush normally a good batter lineup, but two two for all out just couldn't get away from the. Now I have to apologise. So last week I mentioned the fact that um, Tellington's wickets are taken by players who begin names begin with A. I was wrong because David Keating took the wicket last week. Sal, David, what are you doing, man? I know, <laughs> David, if you're listening, apologies. You did take a wicket last week, but yesterday it was the A team. Every single wicket was taken by a player whose first name begins with A. Are you sure? And yes, I double checked. Um, <laughs> Actually got interesting one for their, I think for their twos as well, actually, I'll, I'll leave that one out though. But yeah, so Abdullah Nazir um, was a pick of the ball, he took five wickets and I think he did a good little run at the minute, he's taking wickets um, quite regularly. Um, and on the batting front, you know, they got sprung batting, um, maiden ton for Joe Ludlow who joined the season, had some minor county, or national county experience, fantastic things, 112 not out. Where's he from and, then, Sam? Have you got any more on him, Joe Ludlow? I'm Where's not he sure been? Entire, no, hmm. I don't know his full background. Um, I think he went to Cardiff Uni. So he must have played some MC, is it MCCU stuff, I think it's called, yeah. um, which is a good level of cricket. So he played at the first-class counties. Um, and he's, so he's joined the season. I mean, he's another example of like how strong this club is in terms of their availability. You know, he's played a handful of twos games this year. And then he rolls mm-hmm. in, plays into the, comes into the first team um, and scores 112 not out against a team that's in third place. So it just shows the strength they have in depth. Um, yeah. Another player's been there a bit longer than Joe, Harry Evans, um, 59 as well so Tennyson home in the 54 over and I'm sure all the boys are happy so they could, they could enjoy the summer social that took place at their club Yeah and it's a banana skin they've, uh, they've avoided there isn't it because we've been talking up the bush rightly so um, over the last month or so but um, but I think that there'll probably be um, a sense of a missed opportunity for Shepherd Bush there I mean it, it, one swallow doesn't make a summer they're not out of it but um, that definitely was the day to try and uh, uh, rein Teddington back in and, and I guess they missed it right? Yeah I mean that's, as you said that's the chance they probably look to capitalise on you know Ted, Ted may have an off day um, their players may have a good day but unfortunately it was Teddington who were victors I mean I, um, I think they've 
looking at their lineup yesterday, the boys they did have a couple of big names out. Ali Easton, he's had a great season this season. Um, you know, good spin bowler. He wasn't available yesterday, so I'm sure they had an impact on their spin department. But, you know, there's as I said, Bush also so has got a strong squad and there's players who can come in and do and do more than adequate job. So they were selected and just unfortunately for them it wasn't their day. So as I said, credit to um Tedenton who now it's a narrow lead though, it's only one point, but they're in the lead, which is a key thing. Yeah, and it has been a good weekend for Teddington, hasn't it? Because North Mid, still their main rivals, they came, well, they came something something of a cropper, right, against Ealing? I mean, if this was a game on a football coupon, or a cricket coupon, I should say, not obviously a football coupon, you'd, most sides would be going North Mid win. Most people would be saying a North Mid win here. Um, yep. But fantastic chase from Ealing. I mean, hats off to the guys there. Um, North Middlesex, supposed to good scoring. You know, you're thinking this is going to be very challenging total to 2-5-9. Um, James Parso, um, who's been acting skip at the moment because um, no Joe who's available, he scored 93. And I'm going to give James a quick mention because he's, I think he's a director of cricket there. Um, he does a lot of good work behind the scenes there. I often see him playing Sunday MDL cricket. Um, mm. He can sometimes have a big night on Saturday night, so he does roll up on a Sunday looking quite tired, but gives us all <laughs> old great. school. I like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great with the young young players they have there as well. So um, happy to see him score some runs. Fogel Water chipped in 58. So, as I said, um, North Mid got from 103 for six, but a bit of trouble. Ended up with um, 259 on the board. Three wickets apiece for Mungo Russell and Alex Fell. But the story of the day was Ben Graves, brilliant century, 128 not out. And uh, one of our friends from the pod, Luke Stoughton, who's having a bit of a purple patch at the moment, scored 93. And they chased down the total for the loss of two wickets. So, that's a fantastic win for Reading. Yeah, that's impressive, and, and and the beast continues his run of, of decent form there. Good, good to see that um, from Luke. I mean, is it me or do North Mid often have so, uh, top order wobbles, and then the, the middle order seems to come through? I mean, I, I remember a couple of times where I thought, well, oh, they've lost a few early wickets here, and yet they've still posted, you know, pretty good scores. That that is a bit of a habit, isn't it? I think that has been the case in a couple of games here, but they are they've got depth in their batting. Um, yeah, they've had. Players coming low down the order like Max Harris in, in a couple of games here where he just come in and smashed, you know, 50, 60 in no time at all. Um, there's a guy called David O'Sullivan who actually both in batting yesterday. He's come as a bowler, the batting 9, 10, 11 now, he's opening the batting. So, you know, he'd done the same as well. So, you know, I mean, the, the key with yesterday was Matt Moran, you know, Munger Russell yeah. bowled him out for, for a duck of facing two balls. You know, again, if he, if he bats for another 25 overs, you're looking at 300 plus. So, um, Ealing stuck to their guns. The bowlers did their job, worked hard as a unit, and then, as I said, it was over to the Graves and Stoughton show, who um, yeah. you know got the job done. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a very valid point about depth. When I, when I talk to people about what differentiates the the different divisions, I mean, obviously there there are very good players playing in the Premier League, but also you you do get the feeling that whoever's coming in at number seven is going to be able to bat, and the lower you go down, the more likely that number seven can't bat as well and I think the depth is really what signals out the, the top sides because they can get away with having a bit of a rough couple of hours in a cricket game whereas sides slower, slightly lower down the pyramid probably can't but, but, and that's that's one of the defining features of what makes the very best teams in our league. Um, moving on, Stanmore, I guess Stanmore had a chance to, to really make up some ground on third place Shepherd's Bush but they, they didn't really take it did they? They, got, they were um, on the wrong end of a draw with Hampstead. Yeah, so I did an MDL game today, which was Stanmore and um, Finch did. I was talking to oh, yeah. um, Stanmore overseas players, Michael Leverett, really nice guy actually, um, really, really, really good bloke. 
and he just sort of said it was a bit of a up and down kind of game where um, they was in it at one point and then sort of fell away a little bit um, and in the end they had to settle for the losing draw whereas um, you know it's one of those totals in it, like 240 um, yeah it could of, be great or it could be not so great it's an odd one yeah yeah so Michael Lever scored 85 um, good innings from him um, ben Lockrose, who's really come to the fore in the last three or four weeks of his bowling, took three three wickets. So, and Ben Fraser, his captain, also took three. Um, Hampton had a good solid start and looked like they might be in a, you know, a good chance of actually getting as close as they could to the total. Um, Sam Smith, 54. But again, it seems like the wicket was favouring spin and um, the Stanmore attack, mainly dead by spin, sort of did, did a good job. And I think the Steve McGiffin's dismissal, they received sort of port breaks on, on proceedings and then. Um, they ended up just inching their way to, to a winning draw. So, so Hampstead finished on 206 for 8 or 55 and just, yeah, just picked up the winning draw. But it seems yeah. like it's quite a close game in general. Yeah, because once you've got the winning draw and you're not going to get 240, then there's no point in trying to get that 240, is it? You might as well just um, just make sure you don't do anything completely bonkers. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think Hampstead will be pretty pleased with that, actually. I don't... I mean, Hampstead are now 7th. They're 21 points above the relegation zone, which sounds like a pretty, or looks like a pretty comfortable cushion. But with win-lose cricket not too far away on the horizon, I think they'll still be keen to pick up, you know, winning draws like that and a couple more wins maybe uh, along the way to, to make sure they're 100% playing Premier League cricket next season. If you look at the final two games, well, that, they involve three sides who are who are really quite concerned about their their, their futures. I guess um, the first one was Richmond and Crouchend, and Crouchend as as we're but you'd expect from a side that's uh, mid-table looking up. They, they came out on top against, um, yeah, against Richmond, right? Richmond, yeah, concerning worrying times at the moment. Really, um, 105 all out, which is nowhere near enough when you're playing against a side of Crouch and the Caliber, and especially when they've got players like Joel Curtis moving their side. So they yeah. are, you know, I mean, they, earlier in the season they were scoring runs was fun. Um, Richmond, when Will Phillips side, and now they are struggling to get runs. And Sassel is a good example. So mm. there will definitely be some sort of Conversation taking place, I'm sure, behind the scenes of how they can sort of regroup and go again. But yes, yeah, so one five or eight, one and five all out was nowhere near enough. This crouching attack all sort of did their bit, all chipped in, and then Joel Kurtz got them the start they wanted, scoring 37, and then Natim Hassam, 38 not out, sealed the win. Mm. So yeah, crouching kind of consolidating that mid table position. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to be any dangers in going down. I and mean, they are 45 points off the lead. 46 actually so solidly mid-table sound yeah. aren't they and I, I, yeah. fifth place and that's, that's, that seems to me fifth or sixth is where they're going to finish I'd have thought all, yeah. all things I'm, being equal knowing the guys there though they're, they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing because you know they, they are the league champions they're the reigning league champions yep. they're not going to give that crown up easy but it's, 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 it's a huge huge ask yep absolutely I mean I think Richmond will be concerned they, they, I mean if I got this right they've still got their jersey connection away um, and I guess they will be back in due course but I mean this coming Saturday they've got a gimme Sal you see who they're playing this week? I've just seen that. It's a local derby. It's, uh... <laughs> Teddington. Yeah. But if you can't so get up Teddington... for a game like that, then when, when are you going to get up for games? You know, there's Absolutely. a massive incentive there, isn't it? You know, not only as a, as a, as a side to pull yourself out of the relegation zone, but also to, to put one over your neighbours. Totally. And of course, you know, the old adage, if you can't win, don't lose. You know, you, you've got to try and dig in and try and get something out of these games. And if you don't, so be it. But you definitely won't if you don't give it a good go. So, so yeah, Richmond, as things stand, um, in the relegation zone, uh, three points behind Twickenham and 16 points uh, ahead of Hornsey. And of course, Twickenham came out on top in, in that game against Hornsey over at Tivoli Road, right? Huge win, guy. Huge win, isn't it, Dan, for your boys? 
Yeah, pleased um, with that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's given a big, massive boost in, in the club. Um, 131 one defeat of Hornsey. 50s for Neville Talbot and Pat Dixon. Carlos got some runs as well. Good to see. 41, um, 2, 5, 4, 7 or 60, which is, you know, I mean, Hornsey have been battered well recently, so it's a fair deck. Um, yep. You know, very sort of positive sort of, you know, situation going in at the break for both sides, I'd say, really. Both sides probably fancy their chances. But um, um, Josh Hayne, 51 for Hornsey. They had a good start, 61 for 2, but then the wicket started to tumble and the batting really mm. couldn't deliver anything else that. You know, couldn't get anywhere now. Um, the Twickenham total, Akash Multani, he's been, I think, George, you guys from, from Harrow, was it um, the season down? He did, yeah, Akash. Yeah. I mean, he, his figures were great yesterday. Four yeah. for next to nothing. Four, four for eight, eight, I think it was. Four for eight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, left arm tweaker. I mean, I think the point about declaration is an interesting one because, I mean, it's a brave declaration when... when we, we didn't have Monty Panasai yesterday. He's he's away for, for quite a quite a bit of time in July with work commitments. Uh, Pominda Singh didn't play. Another one of our sort of you know club stalwarts and Rashid Mulhazad is at his elbow. So that's arguably our three strike bowlers. But Carlos went at sixty uh, and and backed the bowling attack that he had to to do the job. And uh, uh, Multani and Nicola Muller again, a guy who's come up from the seconds took seven wickets between them. And and that was that that was you know obviously a big plus for us. One thing I would say is it run outs, Sal run outs have more impact on game of cricket than they should do. And the first wicket to fall was a calamitous run out for Hornsey. And, you know, it was like sort of the Antill mob where they're both running the same way down the track and then they turn and then they come back and they're running the same way going the other way. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, it was it was a colossal mess. And, and the, 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 the guy was out by, I don't know, 15 yards, you know, miles. Um, and I just think things like that have an outsized impact. And the very next ball... Uh, the number three was bold. Um, so I just think these runouts, you know, what when you're bottom of the table, runouts like that happen, don't they? And I, I felt a bit for the Hornsey boys because it sort of set the tone. I mean, Haynes batted very well. He's clearly a player, um, but he, you know, he, he wasn't going to score 180 to win in the game. So, um, so yeah, I think Hornsey probably will, will will look at it as perhaps an opportunity missed, but I suspect they're regrouping and thinking ahead to, to 2023 already, and, and that that's fair enough, really. The Premier League is a tough place to to try and survive in. Yeah, it, I mean that game was the one I had to win. They really to have any any yeah, chance of yeah, maybe staying yeah. up, and now it's gone against them. You really do feel that they're doomed from where they are now. But yeah. you know, as you, as you said, they'll they'll, be, they'll still try and play positive cricket, I'm sure, and take some you know some of that energy into next season, hopefully. Absolutely, and I mean, in the end, it's only a game of cricket, right? You turn up and play, you give it your best shot. Sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down. So, so sometimes it can actually be a bit of a release to to, to get out there and do what what got you promoted last year. Um, looking at the next week, we, we go to Ealing. No, we we host Ealing. Sorry, so that's an interesting one, given that Ealing have just just sort of had a momentous victory, but they are still you know mid table as opposed to top of the table. And I see Hampstead welcome Crouch End. So I think Hampstead will... That's one to look at. I think Hampstead will, will hope that's one of the wins that will ease them safely into mid-table as well. Um, Shetland's Bush welcome Hornsey. Uh, and uh, North Middlesex plays Stanmore. So, as ever, um, a troop of interesting games to to keep our eye on. If we move to Division 1, well, North London, I think, is probably the place to start. So that looked like a right rip-roaring affair with you guys against Harrison Marys. It was. I, I managed... My game finished... Sort of I think gone about quarter past five, so I managed to get back to North London to catch the end of this game. And it was a really good finish, actually. Um, it's a Mary's, proper game of cricket. Yeah, 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 it was really, really sort of fascinating in, in how, how it sort of ebbed and flowed, really. Um, Harrison Rose do stay top, um, get the losing draw against North London. Um, we, North London batted first, um, 
and we've got a young lad called Will Burridge who's scored two centuries in the twos this year, um, being called into the ones, um, very talented young cricketer. Um, he scored 79, but disappointingly, we fell from 140 before to 185 or out, and we should be looking to get at least 200 plus. Um, so that's the disappointing part with the, with the bats. Um, so Carl Kazmi and Ray Patel who do a lot of this, you know, the bowling this season. Yeah. The spin pair got to work and took quite, you know, I think they took six between them. So um, that was really disappointing. As I was, you know, as I said, we should be looking to get 200 plus from where we were. But in the end, 185. It's the kind of total our ground we can defend if we bowl well. Um, and we did have Will Jones who put a sterling effort with bowling 17 overs. I think went for 34 runs. Um, but it was another scene by over in the side who just who just joined the season. A guy called Matt, Matt Benning. It took five wickets. Um, but with Ravi Patel at the crease, they still look like favourites to me. Anyway, for me watching from the side, I thought Ravi, Ravi Patel stayed in. They they will they'll win the game. But Benning took his wicket. Um, and in the end, it came into sort of last over. The win was probably out of the equation. Needed sixteen, but I think they needed eight for the win, for the winning draw. Um, the first, there was a couple sort of dot balls. I think there might be a run out. Um, and then after they they sort of shut up shop. Um, we did have a chance in them with a couple of balls to go. Stumping was a very hard chance, though. And in the end, um, Harrison Mays, as I said, settled settled for the losing draw. We, we picked up five points for the winning draw. So, all in all, good days of cricket. Good game of cricket. Went to the wire, as I mentioned. Um, and it was, um, from what it seemed like, played in a really sort of good, good spirit as well. Yeah, I spoke to Alan O'Shea earlier, and he, he was saying very much the same thing. You know, it was, it was nip and tuck all the way. Um, and... Uh, he, interestingly, he said as well, the declaration, if it had come, w- would still have come at around that point. That they weren't, you weren't going to go on and 55, go back 55 overs. You wanted to be positive in, 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 with your intent and, and try and give yourself enough time to bowl them out. And um, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess sometimes 185 and being all out can, can also almost work out well for you because you did have 49 overs at them. And, you know, with a fair win, that could have been, that could have been a big 12 points. But it still stops Harrison Mary's running away with things, right? They're now four points clear of Bronsbury, who themselves came a bit of a cropper this weekend against Finchley, right? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I was at Finchley today, so I did um, get some of the insight into this game from a, a league legend who, who's Dave Burton. So, you know, last week I mentioned about a bucket list. He's one of the scene bowlers that I would love to umpire, and umpire him today. And he's an actual gentleman. Um, good bowler. Yeah, um, good, well, good guy. He, he bowled to Levitt, the overseas for Stanmore. He can only bowl five overs because the MDL rules are sort of in that era where you yeah. can only bowl five if you're over, if you're over age. Um, but he definitely cranked it up a bit when he bowled to Levitt and he did manage to get him out in the end. So that was really enjoyable today from his from umpire point of view. But yeah, Dave sort of said, yeah, um, he sort of felt Bronsby wasn't positive enough, he sort of feels. They they got to, there was one seventy all out and there was a situation where he just sort of felt they just needed to maybe kick on a little bit and they kind of just put the brakes on really. Um, yeah. Which sort of, you know, they said the total they scored, he felt was something that the Finchy guys delighted to sort of chase. Angus Beagle's um, top score for Bronsby, 47 not out. I mean, Finchley looked greasy at one point. I think they did just around 30 to win. Three down. Um, Gishan Harris, another 50 for him, scored 77. And Will Leggett, 57. But then the mini collapse sort of came around. Um, James Grady, the overseas, took 6.39. But, um, you know, Dave is a steady head. Um, and he just said to me today, he was the kind of wicket, just get forward, just get forward. He felt a pretty, pretty good batting track. And he just said, oh, you know, I want him to do to keep my call here. And uh, he did that. And with his overseas partner, Caleb James, they, they got the win. So, yeah. Really big win for for the Finchley boys. Yeah, they, um, they'll be now, super happy with that, won't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they, and also, I think they also had a summer social last night as well. I know there's a few sore heads today. I was sort of, you've got some <laughs> conversation today about what time certain players got in this morning. 
Um, about Alcacelso and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They all just, yeah. yeah they said they've seen a couple of lethargic players on that in that team today. Um, so yeah, it's also that so must have been a good night for their their club last night as well, celebrating a good win for their first seven. So they're now five so, points behind Bron. Yeah, it's interesting up there. Harrison Mary's remained top. They're they're uh, four points ahead of Bromsbury. Um, and Harrison Marys are, are nine points ahead of Finchley in third. North London, you know, good solid performance on Saturday. You're you're 15 points behind Bronsbury. So over a game, but nonetheless, um, that that's still within touching distance. And and in fourth place are Acton. Uh, and Acton, well, I mean, I, I think this has been coming. Right, I think there's, there's been a, f- a few things that have, have stopped Acton really getting into a getting into a winning rhythm. But I think it all came together. On Saturday, and certainly Sealcare was pretty happy with the all-round performance as they, uh, well, they, they, they battered Wembley. There's no two ways about it. They've been by 200 runs, right? Yeah, but through spanking. Um, and yep. they'll be worrying at Wembley. You know, we spoke about Richmond, worrying about their batting. Wembley's batting is really, really uh, something to think it's about. It's reeling a bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Acton smashed over 300. They James O'Neill, unlucky to run out of 96. Um, so Hilda Mann chipped in with another 50. I think he likes getting 50. I think he's got two or three in a row almost recently. Um, 62. Yeah, he's got a few. Yeah. But I'll pinch one of your words here, Dan. Bombastic. I know you love using that word. And Roger Eichel was certainly... Uh, that's one of my favourite words, that is. Yeah, never describe my own batting like that, but I'm happy to describe others. Exactly. And Roger Eichel was certainly there yesterday. 40 or 15 balls. I mean, that must have been real, really good viewing to watch. Wow. If you're, not, if you're not a Wembley player. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went to town. And then... When it finished there, then he took the ball and took six for six for twenty-four. So Wembley one, mm. two, five all out, and as I said worried, definitely worrying times there because they now drop into the relegation zone. Yeah, and they're not just in the relegation zone; they're nine points behind Osterley, aren't they? Because yeah. um, Osterley um, won in a pretty straightforward manner against uh, Enfield. Yeah, I mean Enfield and have been bottom and they stay bottom. Um, Osterley, they, they they've got two very good steam bowlers. And on their day, they're as good as anybody in that in that division, in my opinion. And yesterday they yeah. came to the party. This one, Arif, five for thirty-four, and Kevin Williams, who we've spoken about many times in the pod, four fifty-three. Enfield one two nine all out. Dan Norton, one of the younger guys in the side, scored forty-one. So again, you've got a guy who scored forty-one runs out of what one two nine, and the other ten have mustered. What is it? Around ninety. If I get my maths right, maybe. Yeah, maybe. not many or not yeah. enough. I think is the answer. Yeah, and that's, that's as I said, concerning times. Um, so, Enfield are really, really looking down the barrel, they say, in terms of yeah. the rest of the season. And next week, who are they going to be going away to? Brondesbury. Who? Uh, oh, are they? Okay, I noticed Wembley are playing Harrison Marys yeah. as well. So they're both so. Actually, yeah, so they're both top B bottom, isn't it? In the in that division. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. Um, it's not going to get any more straightforward. And I think Osterley play North London, right? Which is always an interesting game. You guys have had a lot of close games over the years, right? Yeah, the one, the first game we played it was a cracking game. We won off the last ball. One of our players hit a six. So Osterley yeah. probably we looking at that game and thinking we want to get some revenge here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think as I said, if they have the two seamers in this man Arif and Kedrick Williams bowled, they'll be a handful. You know, they're very, yeah. very good bowlers, a pair of them. Yeah, I think they absolutely. really want to actually keep them up. If they stay up, they're going to be the key to their survival. Mm. Yep, that makes sense to me. Um, the fifth and final game in that division saw Barnes play Winchmore Hill. Barnes one nine nine, but Winchmore Hill, well, they sort of cruised it. Right? Thirty four overs, two hundred and one for three. It looks like a walk in the park, doesn't it? It does. And these two sides are probably really frustrated how they play because they're both so inconsistent. Um, yeah. You know, Winchmore Hill, which, which, it's almost like a question of which Winchmore Hill or Barnes will turn up this weekend. 
because um, they're able to play some fantastic cricket and you know take on anyone almost in that division. And then a week later they'll be you know probably the complete opposite of what we spoke about. So um, what Wishbone do have in their side is a fantastic all rounder. And um, Abbe Tipness, he took six, seven, seven, seven six, eight yesterday. Um, yeah. um, Nikhil Malik, the only sort of player within the barn side, who could sort of make any inroads against him. And, and then Ross Forrester scored 62 not out. And Tipness also showed he came back pretty well, scored 45. So comfortable seven-wicket win for Winchmore Hill. Yeah, he's been pretty solid, hasn't he, Tipness, over the over the, the time he's been here in the UK. And, and, and this season, I mean, again, he, he, he pops up most weeks. We, we, we name-check him pretty regularly on here, and that, that says that he's a, he's a good performer. But I, I totally agree with the general point there, that they're in positions in the league where they will definitely be thinking, we can do better than this, we are better than this. And I guess that might be a thing that many sides in sixth and seventh place around around the various divisions say, but that, that you know, you get them on a bad day, as it were, or, or get them on a good day for them, and, and they're going to be tough opponents. Um, I think... And, and I think I think also with Winchmore Hill, the only, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, I mean, it may be a concern. It could be something to think about as we go into the limited overs games. Now, they're, they're a side that does rely quite a bit on Tipness' bowling. Um, yeah. You know, he, he does send quite a few overs down in, in, in the time format. So when it comes back to the limited overs, we can only bowl nine, then maybe some of their guys need to step up within the bowling ranks to sort of offer some support in, in the wicket-taking department because, you know, yeah. he won't have enough time to do what you can do normally in terms of the you know, the different format, I suppose. So, that's Well, it's a different game, isn't it, in many ways? It requires slightly different skill sets and captaincy certainly changes a bit in the limited overs cricket. But um, for the remaining period of, of, of um, time cricket, I mean, Tipness is a major problem for any opponent who wants to to get some points off Winchmore Hill. Yep, to speak um, down for me, yeah, so in the last, I've got, I've got a hand, in the last um, three games, he's in the, in, the, in the time format, he's bowled... Uh, 26 overs, uh, 16 overs, 18 overs, 18 overs, 23, mm. 23. So that's a lot of overs. He's a busy man. My he goodness, is. that is more than I thought you were going to say. That yeah. is that's a fair a fair chunk. Um, but as I often say to folks, I mean, batters can bat all day, right? And they often do. So why, why can't bowlers? Um, and, and I think people forget that. This idea that bowlers can only bowl 10 while batters can bat 50 never seems to make that much sense to me. So I haven't got an issue with tipping this... Um, Tipness bowling a lot of overs, um, all good. Um, moving into Division 2, Sal, I said last week, I've, I've sort of run out of words to describe what Harrow Town are doing, but I've got a different angle on this week. They won, again, um, that they, they, they played leading trail finders, um, 158 played 159 for two. Um, Sanjay Mishra had a particularly good day there. They, he, he, was, he got four for 12 um, off 11.3, so not giving many runs away. Um, there and Murad Khan and, and Mishra again both got unbeaten 50. So sort of normal service in terms of the, the the result. Eight wicket triumph. We think that means 29 games unbeaten uh, now um, and 29 games on the winning side of the of the scorecard. Um, now Paul Smith is our man for the stats. Everyone knows that, um, and, and he'll he'll no doubt be able to confirm. But I think that brings them level with the previous record for the amount of um, positive results on the bounce. But I'll let Paul come back to us on that. Whether it does or doesn't, uh, they're now 30 points clear. We're getting to the stage where it's not going to be long before they're, they're mathematically promoted to Division 1. I'm sure nobody um, at Rainers Lane is taking that for granted. But I mean, when you're 30 points clear, you're in a pretty good place to be thinking about, um, to be thinking about that promotion party. Um, elsewhere in the division, Southgate are now um, looking pretty, pretty good in second. They're 14 points clear. They had a um, 
to use my favourite word again, so they had a bombastic win against Middlesex Titans, who are, who are struggling a bit um, uh, on a number of levels. I know a number of their sides are, uh, are battling hard at the bottom of divisions, but Southgate with 317 for six off 48, um, and the Titans um, struggle long to 114 all out. Josh Fisher, 135 for Southgate off 109 balls, impressive stuff. Uh, he wasn't the only centurion for Southgate, Josh Ray got 105, um, and in their in their um, in in Southgate, half of their dismissals were runouts. So it's it's not really as if the Titans bowlers are getting batters out too much. It seems like that the runouts are are the way they're getting wickets. That may well be because people have been run out at the end going for crazy runs. But either way, um, Southgate's strong. Dara Edwards four for seventeen for them with the ball. They're they're looking pretty good there, and that became even more apparent when results from uh, Eastcote and Highgate came in. Uh, their third and fourth, as both were involved in. Um, in drawn games, which I mean, I think um, that the Brentham Eastcote game looked pretty interesting. It was 209 all out for Brentham Eastcote, 174 for six. So that's a pretty authentic, um, a pretty authentic draw. And Highgate, um, they were chasing 251 at Southampton. They decked at 50, um, and they didn't really get anywhere near it. To be honest, they were 189 for eight. So they they had to settle for the losing draw. So good weekend for Harrogate and. Southgate, Ealing Trailfinders, Middlesex Titans, both predictably lost. If the truth be known, they're playing two really good sides um, and they, they remain in the bottom two. So much for Division 2. Division 3, Sal, we did have one or two slightly left field results in Division 3, didn't we? I mean, Wickham House had a real, you know, what's, what do you call it? A, Scare, I think, is probably the right yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they must have fought at the break, 73 all out. Um, Tower Hamlets this, this game to be quite an easy one, but it seems like, you know, Tahamps fought back really, really well and, dig, you know, Wickham has to really dig deep. So, you know, well done to Hamps aside for doing that because, you know, that's, that's, that, that kind of total, you know, imagining the wicket probably wasn't um, in the best shape. Um, just judging by having wickets, yeah. like that, it could be wrong. But I'm just uh, assuming that's the case. But as I said, you know, that, to, to, to sort of show some guts and, you know, sort of, get over the line and be really, really pleasing for those guys. Also seeing that Sir Hamlet's actually And they were, lost seven wickets getting there, didn't they? Yeah. They 77 did. for seven they were, chasing 73. Well, actually 55 yeah. for seven at one point as well. So, you know, they still needed another 23 runs to get seven down. So they, they've shown some guts and some, yep. you know, um, some good effort to go over the line. I mean, in, in, in terms of the Sir Hamlet's innings, it was all about one man, really. Um, Rahel Iman, who, great figures of actually eight for 15 off 11.5 overs. So hats off to that guy. Putting Wickham House in the driver to get a break. Eight for fifteen. That that's got to be up there with the best bowling figures all season. Fair play. That really is uh, that is a top effort. And um, it wasn't the only um, scare around. Uh, Kenton had one, and Kenton scare actually um, was more than scare. They lost right against Chiswick. Yeah, I, mean, I think division, this division, one of the divisions where you know when most sides have probably got full strength sides out, they probably can take you know beat anyone on any given day. Um, Chiswick, you know, again, one of those ones if you had a coupon for, for, the, for the fixtures on the weekend, you wouldn't be thinking Chiswick would be many people's idea of a, of a win on Saturday. But, you know, they beat Kenton in the, another low-scoring game, winning by what seemed like 63 runs. So, um, you know, Leif Cowie, an important 31 lot out, back number eight. And then that sort of old, not, I won't call him old, he's not old, but, you know, he's a very steady cricketer, um, being around Dave Bothroyd for a free for 18 and Vanch, Manic also free for 13. So, a really, really big win for Chiswick to beat Kenton, who, uh, you know... Yeah, 
And I think you're right to pinpoint that 31 out in 143. Probably doesn't look like much when you look through the scorecards, but my goodness me, that makes a difference when you're coming in that low and you're and you're winning by you're winning by 50 runs when you've put 143 on the board. I mean, that's that, that's a pivotal moment in the game when when Cowie went in and got that. Um, I spoke to to, to um, the Chiswick skipper uh, Ralph Semi uh, very briefly earlier today, and he was saying that they always think their bowling is their strength, that the, and it you know it, it it certainly came through there. Their bowling served them well all season. They've now beaten both Kent and Wickham House this year, so that they're you know I don't think they're quite in pole position to go up just yet, but they're certainly looking up rather than down. And um, you know respect due to them, that's a. That, that that is a, a very strong performance against the Kenton side. I think they may have been a couple of couple of players down Kenton, but it's not Chiswick's fault, is it? You beat what's in front of you. So respect due to to them. Another side who are lurking in the promotion race are Ali Pally, right? They're now just the eight points behind Kenton. Yeah, I mean they're a side on part I think two weeks ago, and they were saying to me that you know when we're at full strength, we're a real handful. We, we fancy ourselves to be anyone, and you know they're on a nice sort of roll at the minute. Um, be be Actonians. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, in the full sheets connections going well. I mean, Sean Gomez is, is, is yeah. from it seems like cut above best players. Yeah, another another yeah. good scored eighty two. Um, and also fellow Portuguese connection there with um, Kadim Nipo forty nine. Um, Actonian's bowling was well led by Chan Pandy took five for twenty, but then Nipo showed he's a you know a very good all rounder. Figured the four thirty six and AP at home, and they're now in that sort of real nice position where they're sitting just off the leaders in third place. Um, and actually, next week's fixtures are really interesting because you've got, um, in terms of first, sorry, second playing fourth and first playing third. Wickham House AAP, Kenton Tower Hamlets. Yep. Yep. And um, Kenton play AP the week after. So, so AP have certainly got a big couple of weeks ahead of them. I do love the fact as well, Sal, we can say the Portuguese connection. I mean, it's not often you say that in cricket, is it? Not at all. <laughs> that, the, that the Portuguese connection is, is the one that's driving you forward. And I think, I mean, having said that, you know, captain of my club's got very strong Portuguese links. Perhaps Portugal's the place. Maybe. Perhaps that's the up-and-coming cricket in nation. I'm not even aware Could of it. Could be the one. There we go. Um, right down at the bottom... Um, Stoke Newington beat Ealing Hanwellians, and they will be um, they'll be pretty happy about that, I think, because Stoke Newington have um, you know that they've been they've been struggling a little bit, but they're now just the one point behind London Tigers and two behind SKLP. So so that win has definitely kept them in touch with with those above them. Um, it was two nineteen v one seven seven. Sounds relatively straightforward, but I know time was ticking in that game, and, and I think they got the, the the last wicket in in what could well have been the penultimate over. So, um, well done to uh, Stoke Newington. Um, and last thing in Division Three, Sammy Hyder. He has reappeared, which is great to see. I mean, obviously, Sal, you saw him um, a couple of weeks back when you umpired, and he's been in the runs, right? I think last week he was inspired by meeting me. Um, he's scored eight runs. It's got to be. We had a little, little, little prep talk about yeah. batting, gave him a couple of tips on what to do and what not to do, and he seems to have taken that on board. Um, you know, he scored eight runs. He actually scored a boundary <laughs> of his first ball. If you he took tips from you on batting, Sam. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me get this right. He took tips from you. On, uh, well, I was, is that a bit I was hard? Really leaving and blocking. So you know, if he just needs when you're eleven, that's what you do, isn't it? I mean, you have your crazy Absolutely. But um, yeah, if, if you actually want to see the run score that you hit, if you go into play cricket um, onto the scorecard for that game, there's a section called videos. Click on that and put his name in. You'll see Sammy getting off the mark, facing his first ball with a lovely nick through the slips. 
There is nothing wrong with the nick through the slips. It, it, and I think you'll find it's a late cut, Sal. Okay. That's, that's the technical phrase that, that, that we would use. But yeah, so it's great that we could go and have a look at it. So what does that mean in terms of his totals? Is he now in the I, more runs than wickets territory? Well, you said if he was, you know, if he was a better man, you'd have gone for the wickets by the minute. The runs now have surpassed the wickets. And now, because uh, he took one wicket yesterday, he's on nine runs and eight wickets. Wow. That eight runs has made a big impact there, hasn't it? So nine runs this season, eight wickets. And for those who don't know, the reason we follow him, of course, is Sammy is by a long way the leading wicket taker in, in league history and doesn't score many runs with the bat. So we're intrigued to see which wins out uh, through the course of this season. But his team, Sal, London Tigers, they're, I mean, they're going to be a bit worried about their position in the league, aren't they? Because they are they're sort of teetering above the relegation trap door. Yeah, I mean, you have to, don't you, when you look at the position on the table. But I think they've got enough quality in their side to win them games. Um, there may be another example yeah. of a side who prefer the one format over another. So, um, as I said, seeing what I saw last week, I think there's enough about them to stay up. Yeah. Well, it was a close game this week as well for them because they were um, they were playing SKLP, who are in eighth, and it, it, it was a pretty tight draw. Tigers were 170 all out uh, in, in 53 and SKLP were 164 for 8 in 47. So SKLP had the better of it, and that keeps them just above London Tigers. But, but you know, if SKLP had won that, then, of course, t- Tigers would have been, uh, um, you know, would have been in the relegation zone too. So that division's interesting at the top, and it's interesting at the bottom. There's, 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 there's a lot of cricket left to be played there before we know who's going to be um, drifting into Division 4 next season. Now, in terms of Division 4... Um, Old Eyes are worthy and stay, uh, stay top, baby. Kensington Chelsea, 147 versus 154-5. Um, so relatively straightforward. Uh, Mohamed Cherie, 4 for 21 for Old Eyes. Bowled nicely. And Rohit Sayed, 54 and out. So uh, pretty straightforward day at the office for Eyes are Worthians. Um, K-plus, now three points behind. They had a 12-point victory against North London Muslims, 171 v 124. Um, so North London Muslims stay in the relegation zone. Uh, that'll be... A little bit concerning for them, but the big losers at the top were Besbra, and Besbra had a bit of a surge through to, to you know to, to get to um, the top of Division Four. But they're they're no longer there. They lost to Lanka Lions, and they're now eight points off second, um, and they'll need to, to, to bounce back next week um, if they want to you know get back uh, get back into the into the top two spots. Vivek Patel certainly bowled well for them. Um, he, he took six for thirty eight. But I think they've got a bit of work to do to, to, to regroup, really, to, to try and try and you know sort of uh, put old eyes of Worthians and K plus under pressure. And they are playing North London Muslims next week, Bedsbury. So they're, they're they're a team that's in the bottom two. They'll hope um, that they'll hope that that's uh, uh, that that can bring them some points. So for me, the interesting game this week uh, or, or in week twelve is going to be top of the table eyes of Worthians against Lanka Lions. You know, we know Lanka Lions have certainly got um, a gun. Sri Lankan former uh, first-class player there, who's not done quite as much as I think they might have hoped. But um, yeah, North Wembley Sports Ground, Lanka Lions, the old eyes of Worthians. That's the one for me to keep an eye on in week eleven in that division. How about Division Five? Did anything catch your catch your eye just there? Just before we move on, I just want to mention I was standing in the game in Div Four yesterday. Actually, um, oh, of course you were. Yeah, yeah I forgot. Yeah, carry on. Friends um, United um, played West Tower. West Tower won by two. It's actually a really good game. Um, again, played in really good atmosphere, good spirit amongst the players. Um, and it gave me sort of an insight into how actually tough it is for some of these clubs in terms of where they have to play their cricket. Um, it's not easy having your own ground, your own private ground in, in, in the county, as we well know. 
So they have to resort to using public parks and, and pitches, which are, you know, prepared by people who are not associated to their clubs. Um, and it does often produce wickets, which are not great. Um, but, you know, the intentions of these clubs are, 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 you know, are in the correct sort of way of thinking about how they want to play their cricket. You know, they want to play on good wickets. They want to have their own grounds, but situations sort of determine they can't. Um, but they still go out there and play with a smile on their faces. They enjoy their cricket. Um, as I said, the guys yesterday, nice game of cricket, went to the, went to the end, went to the wire. West Ham came in by two wickets. And as you know, I love my food, Dan. Um, when oh, I got yes. there, the, yeah. the picture was quite a bit away from the pavilion. So it's, there's like a, I'm call it a pavilion, actually, it's like a changing area. I said, you know, are we going to take into account the walking back to the Fords for tea? And he said, no, no, no problem about that. We bring food with us. And at tea, they bought two big pots of curry out. Loved it. Mine was chickpea. One was chicken and um, potato, so I had a great feast. So, you know, it's made by the chairman's wife, I think it was. I'm sure that's what you told me by that time. My eyes were more focused on the food than what he's trying to tell me, the captain of Friends United. Did you sample oh, both of, of the yeah, yeah, or did you? Yeah, okay. you get half an hour for tea, so you have plenty of time to, to eat what you need to eat and, you know, have a little, sit down for 10 minutes or so. Um, so, yeah, again, hospitality-wise, really, really generous people, really nice people. So, you know, I do share their sort of... Um, you know, I do sympathise with them in terms of when they have to play on these sort of tricky pitches. But again, you know, they, they can't have their own grounds when you can go prepare wickets for them. It's done by the council, you know, who send someone over probably once yeah. a week and do a bit of work on it and then leave it for them to deal with on a Saturday. So, you know, um, my, you know, my sympathies lie with these guys. But, you know, as I said, yeah. really good game of cricket, played in the right spirit. And I assume you were probably... Doing both ends, right? yeah. So that that yes, yeah. That that makes that makes it even more important that you have plenty of curry to keep you going, Sal. That would be my line on my line on that because it's oh, not easy doing both ends. That was taken into the equation when I had my third plate. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Man. I want pictures, Sal. Send me pictures of what you got. That's great. I was actually tempted to do actually. Dale. I was going to take a picture actually and send it to you for next time. Next time, round. Um, I think the point about cancel pictures is also well made for another reason, right? It, it, I think it's quite easy to turn up at a ground and say, this pitch is crap, and have a go at the home team, when the home team have got no interest in playing on a crap pitch. It's not as if it's what they want. Um, and it's quite easy when you're an away team to have a moan and a groan at the home side when it's basically out of their control. And that, that happens, I, I think it happens way more than it should, really, because no, no one wants to play on a, on, a, on a pitch where you can't see it. Um, so, so yeah, just, just if folks are listening, just a bit more leeway. Just try and help the sides out who are trying to get a game of cricket on. I'm, I'm totally with you. On that one, and also Dale. Sorry, before I finish on this, they, you know, they, there was a couple of young guys playing. So you're not going to go and put these kids, you know, to play on wickets that are dangerous on purpose, are you? I'm it's dangerous. I mean, sort of. Yeah, yeah they're challenging. You know, you want, yeah, yeah. you want, yeah, you, you want the kids to develop their games on on a, on, a, on a decent track, but um, yeah, it's not their fault. But I do actually want to mention we keep using I like to use the word league legend, and there was one yesterday playing for West Shire, Camish Desai, mm-hmm. um, yeah. took seven wickets yesterday, and if you look on the player stats, he's amassed. Um, 472 wickets so he's actually fourth on the leading wickets um, leading wicket takers charts um, but he hasn't had anything put up there I think, I think since 2016 um, so he is playing for West Tower now if then wickets do get added on then you could see him approaching 500 maybe by yeah. the end of the season well, yeah. I, I'm and, sure, and another lovely guy I was going to say I'm sure he won't remember but I've been out to, to, to him a number of times good bowler good bowler and I'm sure he still knows what he's doing even though he's probably oh. not uh, not 21 anymore yeah, both a good arm ball. That's most players. Call yeah, pickups, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Um, yeah, spot on. So moving into Division Five, 
Um, yeah, lots going on in Division Five. If Division Six is our sort of you know dirty secret that we find uh, we, we find fascinating, Division Five's got plenty going on with it as well. And this week yeah. is a perfect example of it. I mean, it, what caught your eye, Sal? So you messaged yesterday at one point saying to me there could be another high scoring game taking place. London Sportive playing Norfolk Park, weren't they? Yep. I think London was London Sportive something like two thirty or for about thirty overs or something. Like that they were something like two twenty eight for two, something like that. Off, off. Yeah. Not many overs at all, and it, it didn't go to plan, did it? That one. Yeah. Well, a bit of a collapse there because they ended up two six six all out. Yeah. Um, so credit to Norfolk Park who were the opponents, um, and and they chased the total down. So. You know, got them down, um, got them seven down, 57 overs. That's the bit down, I like, so been... That's the bit I like. Yeah. You know, London's 40, we're all out in the 40th over. So someone somewhere at Nordic Park thought, well, don't need to get them in 25. And 57 overs they took. And chasing 266, take me ass off to you. It's a good effort, that, isn't it? Really good effort. I mean, you, I mean, sometimes what I would say at low levels, you haven't got much. There might be some players who'd like to get on with things that's just say, you know, rather quickly rather than being slow about things. So yep. the fact that someone's actually, you know, sort of done some sort of digging in, as you could say, yep. um, to make sure they get the win. So yeah, great great result for them. Yep. And I think um Jasanka um Utherman is, is is one of the guys we should point to here. He's seventy four not out of eighty one, which might sound like it's reasonably quick, but compared to some of the efforts in these divisions over the past few weeks, that's positively pedestrian. But he um yeah. you know, he won the game. And also Bonnie Matthew. I, I don't know much about Bonnie, but um but she she played twenty eight off forty three, batting at eight. That's a pretty valuable contribution when you're chasing that total down. So hats off to her as well for for what looks like a decent um a decent contribution. Um Willow Leather then, top of the table, right? They won. Your second team, Dan. Absolutely, yeah. You send out like tips to, or you know, do you have, are you know, what's that group for the game before? I, I always got all the Pan Preet Singh, our former player, and see what, uh, yeah, oh, see what's got to say about our like. selection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but good, good win for them, but it wasn't all yeah. straightforward, was it? Close win, yeah. Winning by three wickets, beating the Indy Free Bridges, um, two six five for seven, um, chases to one six four. So yeah. one six five for seven. I should apologise. Chasing one six four. So yeah. So we'll love it. They've now go top. Did they get promotion last year? Could they get back to back promotions? Yeah, they're flying. Yeah, yeah, they could have yeah. two in two years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, they're looking strong. But I mean, in, in this division, who knows what's around the corner? And, and if anyone wants to see evidence of that, then just look at the Swami Bopper game. I mean, Swami Bopper. Um, I mean, I, I do mention them every week, but that's largely because something bonkers happens in in, in their games, and, and and bonkers in the most wonderful of ways. They were fifty seven. All out against Perivale Phoenicians, and how many games have you played in Sal, where you put fifty-seven on the board and won? I can't think of any in my life where I've had that. Um, but Sami Vaparav, because they bowled Perivale Phoenicians out for forty-eight, so fifty-seven v forty-eight, twelve points going in the direction of Swami Bapar. I did speak to um, Shrikant Kerai, their their, uh, their long-standing skipper, and he he came out with what to me is a pretty immortal line: fifty-seven was worth two hundred. Um, he said, you know, that, that the track wasn't great. Um, you, you take what you can get. And um, and, and boy, did, did that show because they, they got home by by, by nine runs. Um, I think honourable mention to, to uh, Sneha uh, Jesani there because he got 21 for Swami Bapa, which, I mean, basically akin to a century, right? Um, you know, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's done pretty well compared to everybody else. So he top scored in the game by a mile, 57 v 48. Well done, Swami Bapa. Second place, looking at a potential... Uh, promotion there. Also, honourable mentions for Bilal Ahmed, four for twelve for uh, for Perry Bell. Looks like he bowled pretty well too, but not enough to gain the points. So, um, so there we are. That's Division Five. Division Six. Um, what do we need to know there? 
it's like a tail. This division is almost like cut in half in some ways, isn't it? You yeah. get sides at the top who just dominate um, and keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. And then you've got the sides towards the end of the table. You can't buy a win almost, really, I suppose, in some ways. Um, so the sides who remain in, in, in the hunt for promotion are London Super Kings, 93 points, United Sporting Club, 92, and New Finland, 91. So it's a free horse race at the minute. Yep. Um, and who's going to, you know, sort of be the one that misses out? That's what we're waiting to see. Uh, Youth Wing had, um, well, had a day off, really, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They had a over. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they avoided Ikea, some of their players. They might have <laughs> got the call-up to go there. Um, they, they got to walk over against Bahani. And London Super Kings, they do score heavy, don't they? They do, um, yeah. They, their guys don't mess around when it comes to, the, to batting. Um, and they took on Regent's Park. Um, and it was a bit of a one-sided game here, wasn't it, really? Super yeah. Kings 2-9-7-7. Regent's Park 64 all out. Yeah. So Super Kings doing well and United Sporting Club as well. I mean, they, they were playing poor old Tamil United, still on zero points and they still are on zero points. I mean, you know, they're playing one of the top three. And as you said, this is the division, I think, with arguably the biggest divide between the top and the bottom. The top sides do generally seem to smash the bottom sides uh, and, and there's not, not that much of a contest there, which is going to happen in the bottom league of any division, whether it's football or whether it's cricket. You know, you've got new sides, you've got... You've got a bit of everything thrown in there, but United Sporting Club 309 for six, Tamil United 175. So they did at least get uh, get get you know get get something on the on the on the board, but it wasn't enough to gain them any um, any points. So I did want to mention Arjun, uh, Arjuna uh, Somaskaram. He got 88 for Tamil United, and I think you know um, fair, fair play to them for fair play to him for doing that. And also Tamil United put their scorecard up. Not every tide does, so I do appreciate if any of those guys listen. You know, we do at least know what they're up to, even if it hasn't translated into many points yet. Um, Stallions, though, they're up to 12 points now after being docked a whole shed load earlier in the season. And their game was worthy of note again, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you say, maybe, maybe mention it was caution this game. I'm sure it's yeah. because scorecards are on play cricket, is it? Um, but they, you know, they, they're a very attacking side. Lots of positive cricket played by those guys. Um, and yesterday, uh, it was CRS Cardinals who had, had to sort of face a backlash of their, um, of their positive intent. Sierra's Cardinals uh, bowled out for 196 or 36 overs. And then Sanders got their total for loss of no wickets. So one by 10 wickets in 19.4 overs, it says on here. Yeah. So now, I've got a feeling, right. Yeah, the 19.4 overs, I'm pretty sure that will be right. But just sometimes sides don't put the number of wickets they lose on. And that sometimes comes up as naught. But I wouldn't put it back yeah. dalliance of knocking it off for none. So either way, they did it quickly. Just 19 overs to get it. Yeah, the, the, the scorecard's actually on the MCCL website. But only the first innings is on there. Um, yeah. So it doesn't say the stallions innings on there. It just says Sierra's Cardinals. Um, a guy called Jensen Henry scored 85 for Sierra's uh, Cardinals. So he top scored in their innings. Mm-hmm. But yeah... Um, Hopefully, by the you know, middle of the week, it might be. Well, it does say here two players scored 52 and 52, so what you say might be right, Dan. So, two players scored 52 and 52, that equals 104. So, some phantom player must have got 90, 90 odd runs. Well, it could be 93 so. wide, Sal. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yes, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm not, I, I, I'm not thinking of that. Yeah, but I don't think nine, not, not even that game could have 93 wide surely please tell me that didn't happen. we'll look into it anyway they won they won by a distance and uh, and that they've made up their 70 point um, fine they're not no longer bottom of the table um so in terms of high and low scores well we, we've name check a few where, where do we stand though the highest first 11 top score was uh, we mentioned accident we really uh, um, yes Wembley. yep 
Three, two, five for seven. Yeah, and good declaration as well. Forty-five overs. They gave themselves fifty-five overs to bowl Wembley out, um, which I think is a is a good call. The lowest score. So we make a mention already, don't we? Pro yeah. Phoenician forty-eight all against Spain Bapper. Um So that must be the lowest aggregate run scored in you know, a game, I'd imagine. You'd think so, uh, and it's, it's got below two scores today. I don't think anyone else got below five. Yeah, but, but yeah. below fifty-seven. So the bottom two scores in one game. Um, so yeah, 48, 48 for Perivale Phoenicians. And in terms of the top scorer in the league, that wasn't Acton. We had we had somebody go above that, right? I mean, some effort from United Sports second eleven. Yeah, for eight, one for eight in fifty-five overs. Yeah, I mean they did win. But I do think do you really need to go fifty-five overs when you have got that many runs? But the bold new Calypsonians twos out for one hundred and forty-one. So I guess the answer is yeah, <laughs> they, they continue to do okay in Division Five and and lower scores. I guess Perivale are still in there, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's Perivale. Um, yeah. 48 all out. Although they did have poor old leading 6 11 who were 50 all out um, against old eyes who knocked them off for loss of one wicket. But yeah, mm. just that two two runs more um, yeah. for Ealing to save. I've got this picture in my time. mind now that some of the Ealing 6s looked around the scorecards and they'd, maybe they listened to the pod and they're thinking, oh, we won't get a mention there. Thankfully, we'll miss out because somebody else got 48 and then me and you go and stick them in anyway. But uh, how do we yeah. get on? Yeah, 50 all out. Um, you're not a great day feeling six, but not the lowest score. Perivale Phoenicians, ones take that honour, if indeed it is an honour. Um, all good. Anything else going on, Sal, that you wanted to raise? Any AOB, as it uh, were? I've actually got a stat question here. Go on. Um, mentioned yesterday, actually, because I was yesterday after the game finished at North London, there was a bit of a umpires at a round table sort of gathered there, all the sort of... Um, oh, my God, this sounds worrying. Where are we it was going interesting now? though, so um, Keir Hopley was there, he's just come back from having a knee op, so he was sort of wandering around, um, Sid Paul, ex-panel umpire, Bob Baxter turned up from Highgate, um, Lloyd and then um, Vinod, who did Haunted Twickenham game, was just having a sit and having a chat, looking at the scorecards, and um, I think Bob might mention, actually, it might have been, when was the last time that Ollie Wilkin um, never batted in an eating team that won a game in the league? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the type of fact we could find out but you're, you're saying a while ago right I assume so because normally he's open yeah. all the time they've played until this year where he's coming in number 5 or 6 yeah. so it might be the first time they've ever won a game without him actually having mm-hmm. to bat but a question occurred to me in a week, and I feel a bit bad because I'm sure Paul Smith feels that we're just trying to, you know, manufacture things for him to do. And I know he doesn't sit there twiddling his thumbs; he's a busy man. But it did occur to me about people who played who never miss games, and I was wondering what the record is for the longest. Um, so, which player has played the most games without missing one in MCCL history? And I've got no idea if Paul will ever be able to get to the bottom of that. But if anyone's listening from their club, is there anybody who hasn't missed a game for I don't know? three years because that would be quite some achievement more or less everybody misses a game once in a while right you know sometimes things just get in the way but I was just wondering if there's anybody because we've got a couple in our club who just never miss games um, but not in the first team you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so if anyone's listening and they've got nominations there then I'd certainly be keen to hear them even if you know, we, we can't say that this person has a record but if it's someone in your club who hasn't missed a game that you can illustrate and you can back up for for three years or more, then then let me or let Sal know, and we'll we'll give that a name check. I should talk on that cool. that fact. He's, he's not missed a game. I mean, so he has missed games, but he's probably played more games than most people in the league. Mark Reingold. Um, I think I mentioned last week mm. that him and his son. Actually, there's a few more guys who play in the league as well who are actually part of the the Team GB squad in the Maccabi games um, in the cricket team. 
So I think you've got a couple of guys, one of the guys from Acton, there's a guy from Finchy, I think David Goldsmith who plays there. And they actually had a good start. They won their first two games. Little Steph today at Finchy was filling me on the details. Um, they're playing, actually, I think they're playing South Africa tomorrow morning. Mm. Um, Where is it, South? Which part of the world? It's been held in Tel Aviv. Oh, okay. So, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're having a tough time, man. They said they've got a hotel right by the beach. So when they're not playing them, you know, they're really summing it up there, I tell you. Gutted um, for them. She wants them. Yeah. She's not happy that they've gone for that long. She's definitely saying they need to get back ASAP. Um, I think they're trying to delay their return as much as they can. Um, but yeah, so they've got two more group games to go. And then I think after that, I think goes into a semi final stage. So we'll have some more details next week on how. Yeah, we'll, we'll have on. to look this up and find out how they're getting on. But that's, yeah, that seems like a, a pretty positive start. And I they say gutted for them with their sea views there of the Mediterranean. Sounds like a right hardship. Um, but... It does indeed. All good. Cool. Are you are you got a cricket week ahead of you, Sal, or are you going to um, lay low and try and avoid the heat before next weekend? Yeah, I'm going to chill this. Well, it's last last week of term, but um, ah. we are sort of winding down at school now. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a nice little break coming up soon. So yeah, um, and next week I have a. I think I've got a Div Two game, but I won't say who yet. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that one. So talking of that last thing, Sal. Um, School, right? I had the um, honour of going to the first ever sports day that I've been to with my kids, both six years old. And I, I mention it because I just had a gut feeling that I wasn't going to be interested in the parents' race. Yeah. Right. I'd have got a bit of running. Yeah, I was going to say, Dan, did you ask for a parents' race to be like a 5 5k? Well, now I'd have been in that. You know, if, if it's actually, easy, yeah, yeah, if it's in there, I'm all over that. But um, but now it's, it's a traditional sort of 70 meter dash, and yeah, like there's, yeah. there's probably 50, 60 parents who put their put themselves forward. And I just the gut instinct said, nah, I don't, I don't fancy this. I, it's not for some of these parents are like 25 years younger than me as well. So you know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not not 20, 20 years younger. And so I thought, no, I'll take a watching brief. Right, two minutes later, we've got two people with broken ribs and one with a punctured lung. There'd been a pile-up at, yeah. at the end of the 100 metres race. And, and I, seriously, people with broken ribs and a punctured lung in a parents' race. At a sport. I was told about it... parents' races. I can tell really? you some stories. Yeah, I've seen some incidents that um, very interesting. Um, actually, Dan, I've actually just come from on a website. Stallions actually were uh, five down by the looks of it. Say again, sorry, who's five down? Stallions were five down. Ah, that total. Okay, that, that sounds a bit more... A, a bit, no, no, a bit more. 197 for naught is entirely plausible, but it, it's just yeah. not right this time around. Okay. But the overs, it seems, were the same still, though. There were still 18.4 overs. Judging by some of the figures here, which are yeah. um, quite interesting. Rapido, yeah. uh, as you might, expect. Yeah. Sports yeah. day, treat, treat with caution. Any parents out there listening? Learn my be hero. Well, people, being, people being stretched off on a sports day parents' race didn't look good. So, um, so or make sure one of the parents is a doctor. That always helps as well. Yes, that makes sense, doesn't it? Anyway, we've diverted into quite an interesting topic area because it's nothing to do with cricket, so we probably better draw this to a close. Um, we'll do. So have a good week. Avoid that heat, mate. Stay in the yeah, shade. We'll be. And, and we'll, we'll reconvene next week. And you, mate. Take care. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye-bye.